Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, you just put Smokey Bear, uh-huh. Washington, D.C., 20252. That's it. Okay. And I'll get, get to him. Okay. I wonder if he writes back. I know it's a popular thing for grade school classes to all write a letter to Smokey and send it. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a thing. Somebody is responding. I'm going to write a, a fangirl letter to Smokey and see what I get back. And then we will let everybody know. I'd, what the- I'd, I'd like to see what is in that envelope before you... <laughs> <laughs> before you close it, might it. be a photo that's, or two. Yeah, that's weird. But, no, but <laughs> so this maybe this is why we've never done an episode <laughs> on Smoky Bear. This is the Dear Bob and Sue podcast: stories from our journey to all the U.S. national parks and other public lands. I'm Matt Smith. And I'm Karen Smith. We're the authors of the Dear Bob and Sue series of books. Today's episode is devoted to Smokey Bear, the beloved mascot of the United States Forest Service, who spreads awareness about how to prevent human-caused wildfires. We'll be talking about how and why the Smokey advertising campaign got started more than 70 years ago, how Smokey went from an animated bear to a living, breathing animal, and where you can go to visit the Smoky Museum and Historical Park, plus the largest Smoky statue in the country. And with camping season now upon us, we'll share some of Smoky's suggestions about campfire safety. All this and more coming up next. Well, Matt... Today is your dream come true. An episode entirely about Smokey Bear, your hero. <laughs> Finally. What is this? Episode 82? It took us 82 episodes to do one about Smokey? <laughs> a long time. I think if it were up to you, every episode would be about Smokey. Yeah, just like we mentioned Carlsbad Cavern in every episode, we should at least mention Smokey. Why don't you tell everyone why you're so obsessed with Smokey? Because I still don't really understand it myself. Oh, you don't? don't. Actually, I I don't think it's me who's obsessed with Smokey. You're the one who has the crush on him. For years, we would travel to places, and when we would see a Smokey statue, we would pull off the road and take our picture with it, and you always held his hand, and you stood a little close to him. I'm just (laughs) going to say. Maybe I do have a little bit of a bear crush on Smokey, but how could you not? I mean, look at him. Just look at him. (laughs) No, I I think he's very 
Uh, I would say manly, but he's very barely. Very rugged and masculine. <laughs> and, you know, he doesn't have a shirt on. All right, we're going to have and... to pause the recording <laughs> to let you calm down. This is weird. What is it? Just just tell us. Is it his rolled up jeans? The hat? You know, it's the entire package, I think, really. It's, it's everything. But we should say, too, that I think one of the things that we are so attracted to with Smokey, both of us, is that he is a beloved protector of all public lands. He is, and he officially works for the National Forest Service, if you can call a mythical creature. Uh, as actually having a job. He's not a National Park Service employee, but he does protect all public lands. Yeah, I'm not sure he's an employee. Does he get paid? Does oh, I he think have he benefits? gets benefits. He's getting <laughs> women standing close to him. I'm sure men do this too. And hold his hand and... So the reason that we decided to do a Smokey Bear episode at this time of the year is because... As we all are probably aware, unfortunately, wildfire season is almost upon us. And it seems to be getting worse every summer. It seems to be starting earlier every summer. Uh, I know it stretches the resources of all of the departments that have to battle these fires. And we're actually calling them wildfires on purpose. They're not just forest fires. There's a lot of grassland fires. Uh, and and there are fires, uh, wildfires starting in non-public land. So it's becoming more and more catastrophic. In 2021, more than 8,600 wildfires burned almost 2.6 million acres. And of course, it's exasperated by this long-standing drought that we have in the West and by climate change. But nearly 9 out of 10 wildfires nationwide are caused by humans and could have been prevented. We'll be talking about Smokey's message to all of us. Only you can prevent wildfires. And Smokey's been spreading this message for a long time. He's now almost 78 years old, or he will be in August. Wow. Uh, wow. August 9th, 1944 was his birthday, his mythical birthday. And we should mention, there's no the. It's not Smokey the bear. Right. It's Smokey mm-hmm. bear. So how did Smokey bear come to be? I think we have to do a little bit of a history channel, Karen. Is that we as in you and I, or is that you? Do you want me to handle the history channel this, this time? <laughs> yeah, I would love that. Yeah, I'll just go get a cup of coffee. <laughs> maybe the history channel is looking for a male narrator. And, mm, uh, I don't think so. Oh, I think that job's oh, already taken. Oh, you don't? They're always looking for good talent. Yeah. So anyway, according to the program brochure... The Smokey Bear program, actually it was a fire prevention program, it was created to maintain a public awareness about wildfire prevention. And so we actually have to go back a couple years before 1944, before Smokey was even born, to talk about why the program came about. And interestingly, during World War II, a couple of things happened that kind of came together that brought the need for public attention around fire prevention. First of all, During World War II, there was an incident after the bombing of Pearl Harbor a few months later. Japanese submarines actually sent missiles onto the shore of the West Coast. I think it was by the L.A. area. And one of those missiles caused a fire. And so that got the public thinking, what if the war comes to 
the west coast of the United States. And it would be possible for our enemies to send missiles onshore and start fires throughout the area. So this got people thinking about how to protect our country from fires. And also, at the time, so many able-bodied men were off fighting the war. We didn't have firefighters. Now, I'm not you know, being sexist here at the time, traditionally women were not firefighters. So there was a real concern that when fires start, there really weren't the people to battle those fires. And of course, a lot of the women that, you know, they were working in factories, making tanks and airplanes and other things to support the war. Right. So the government decided that really what, what we need to do is we need to prevent wildfires as much as possible because there's no one to put them out. And so they started in, uh, in, in 1942, they started thinking about this. The first posters that they put out were in 1944. Stroke of luck for the program is Disney had just come out with the movie Bambi, and that was hugely popular. So Disney loaned the character images of Bambi and Thumper and Flower <laughs> <laughs> to the program, and they, they put these characters on the posters, which was hugely popular. And, uh, yeah, so the National Forest Service thought, well, this is great. We're going to use Bambi as our mascot or, if you will, our spokes animal. And Disney said, well, wait a second. That was just a one-year deal. Oh, limited time. Limited time. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, Karen, I think this is a good time for our first pop quiz. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) First pop quiz? Yeah, it's our first pop quiz. (laughs) Now, this this is an easy one. Okay. But I, I will admit, I did not know the answer to this, so I had to look it up. We know who Bambi is, and we all know who Thumper is. Who's Flower? Flower. Ooh. You know, I wasn't born back in the 1940s, right? You were too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Flower. I'm going to say Flower was an owl. No. Good guess. And I, I didn't know either. Flower is a skunk. Oh, right, yeah, right. And, and of course, we all, you know, growing up in, in our age, we think of the cartoon skunk as Pepe Le Pew, mm-hmm. who's, who's, who's had, been canceled who's on had a rough, <laughs> Who's had a rough go of it lately. So, so Pepe's out. Uh, Maybe they could bring flour back. They could bring, well, Disney's not going to let them do that. Oh, okay. okay. No, so the Forest Service had to go out and find another mascot. They considered all sorts of spokes animals, a squirrel. They considered a squirrel for okay, a, a while. Hold on. How could a squirrel be a firefighting mascot? I mean, it, come on. It really can't. No, it, no, it can't. No, but then they, they settled on the bear. So Smokey Bear was born on August 9th, 1944. That, at least that was the first poster that was issued with mm-hmm. his likeness. And so... The longest public service campaign in the history of the United States. Wow. Now that, almost 78 years old. I didn't know that either. Yeah. So that is how we came to have Smokey Bear. I remember seeing one of those old posters. Wasn't it um, Wasn't it a picture of Smokey dumping a pail of water on a, on a flaming campfire? It was. And I think at the time, the message was, the first message was very clear. It said, the poster said, Care will prevent nine out of ten fires. The stat today, according to, at least according to Smokey's Instagram page, is that eighty-four percent of wildfires today are started by humans. Okay, accidentally. Okay, I guess back then the percentage was very close to the same, about nine out of ten. Yeah. So there's there's a lot we can do to prevent wildfires. Well, sure. And his original message back then in the forties was. 
only you can prevent forest fires. And then in 2001, it was officially changed to only you can prevent wildfires to reflect all the unwanted fires on other landscapes, such as grasslands, etc. And to clarify, and this is important, I think, Smokey is promoting the prevention of unwanted and unplanned outdoor fires versus things like prescribed fires and forest management. He's he's not against fire management. That's just not his message. This is not a forest management right. statement. I know a lot of people believe that the reason we have so many forest fires now is because we didn't let those wildfires burn in the past and the fuel has accumulated. That's a whole different topic. Smokey's message is prevent human-caused fires which are never good. Right. Right. But um, you are aware that this is my History Channel audition tape. She kind of jumped in there. I'm sorry. You know, and I, I, I'd give you a B plus on that. I thought oh. it was really good. I what, thought it was what, what really good. What could I do better? What, what could I do better, Karen? Let you I talk will, more? I will jot some notes down and I'll email those to you okay, later. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll put those in a special folder. Okay, so before I move on, is the History Channel finished? I don't want to, you know, cut it I, I guess it is now. <laughs> So one of the fascinating things about Smokey is that he may have started out as an animated character or just a, uh, what do I want to say, like a... Animated character. Okay, thank you. An animated character. But Smokey was actually a real bear. And this, this I think, is a great story. Okay, so it is your History Channel <laughs> audition tape. Go, go, go right ahead. So back in 1950... In New Mexico, in the Capitan Mountains, a major wildfire swept through, and it was driven by strong winds. And as the fire crew battled to contain the blaze, they received a report of a lone bear cub that was seen wandering near the fire line. So when they found this cub, he had taken refuge in a tree that had become completely charred. Um, And he was still alive, but he was badly burned. I guess his paws and hind legs were burned. So the fire crew took him down from the tree, and a rancher who was working among the crew agreed to take him home. So from that point, news about this little bear spread swiftly throughout New Mexico. And when the United Press and the Associated Press told his story nationwide, thousands of people wrote and called asking about this little cub's recovery. He went viral. He went viral. And this was before social media. Can you even imagine what it would be now? So anyway, the state game warden at this point wrote to the chief of the Forest Service offering to present the cub to the agency as long as the cub would be dedicated to a conservation and wildfire prevention publicity program. So the cub was soon on his way to the National Zoo in Washington, D.C., and he became the living symbol of Smokey Bear. And he lived a good life. He did live a he, good life. He, he was, was there, a celebrity. There's pictures of him swimming. He had his own swimming pool. People mailed him pots of honey. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah, I He was living that. large. Yeah, Smokey yeah. was living large. <laughs> and I, I hate to even tell you this, Karen, but um, he had a girlfriend. You know, no. He, yeah, he, he did. And it's time for our second pop quiz. Okay. What's his girlfriend's name? <laughs> What's his girlfriend's name? Oh, seriously? Yeah, oh, I so thought you were joking. No, no. I mean, Smokey is so popular. You would think that his girlfriend's name would be popular also. Hmm. I have absolutely no idea, so I'll just guess. Um, was it Karen? 
It was not Karen. <laughs> uh, good guess. Uh, at the time, there would have been a lot of Karens right. around. And sure. That, that would have been. And it's such a great name. No. Her name was Goldie. Goldie. Yeah. I had to look that up, too. I, I, I wouldn't have known that. But no. Yeah. Now, they in 1962, they brought in Goldie uh, to be his girlfriend, but they never had cubs. Oh, sad. Yeah, some, yeah I don't Just know. Just think if they would have had cubs and the Smokey Bear lineage would have continued and there would have been Smokey Jr. and then Smokey the Third and Smokey the Fourth. Like, that would have been amazing. Yeah. Maybe Goldie should have tried to hold his hand. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was missing in their romance. Yeah, yeah. But anyway. <laughs> you no. cannot overestimate handholding, really. Right, right. Well, Smokey died on November 9th, 1976, and they did a full-blown obituary for him in the newspapers, and his body was flown back to New Mexico, where he came from, and they buried him at the uh, Smoky Bear Historical Park. Yes, and we're going to talk about the Smoky Bear Historical Park in a minute. There is actually a grave there with a marker, and when we went, we walked out there, and we had a moment of silence at Smoky's gravesite. I wish we would have known it was there. This was kind of an impromptu stop on a very long road trip. We didn't know that Smokey was buried there, or I think I would have brought some flowers or a pot of honey and left. You know, people leave things at gravesides. Small pot of honey. A small pot of honey. But anyway, we'll talk about that and where you can go to see this in a minute. Well, he's, you know, the name of this episode is He's Never Been Hotter because he is very, very popular. I mean, he's now. You can call him a social media influencer, wouldn't you? He's got (laughs) how many followers does he have? Well, he has three hundred thousand followers on Facebook alone. He's got a really popular Instagram page. He's got YouTube, Pinterest, LinkedIn. I don't know if he's looking for (laughs) additional work, but he does have a LinkedIn page. And this, I love this. He has his own zip code. 20252. And yeah. I believe that's because he got so so much mail, right? He got so much mail. So in, in 1962, I, I don't know, people must have been just sending letters to Washington, D.C. They decided to give him his own zip code. And at the time, he got more mail than anyone else in the Washington, D.C. area, including the president. <laughs> oh, so they had the zip code for him for a long time and for some reason in 1994 they closed it down i don't know why they did that but then in 2014 they brought it back so it's recommissioned 20252 is now a working zip code and you can write your letters to smoky so do you need any other address or do you just put smoky bear 20252 well you just put smoky bear Uh washington dc 20252 that's it Okay. And I'll get get to him. Okay. I wonder if he writes back. Well, I know at one point the National Forest Service assigned him a secretary. And so I imagine there's a staff. I mean, this is a this is a great program to draw attention to wildfire prevention. So I, I'm sure there's staff there writing back. I know it's a popular thing for grade school classes to all write a letter to Smokey and send it. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a thing. Somebody is responding. I'm going to write a a fangirl letter to Smokey and see what I get back. And then we will let everybody know. I'd I'd like to see what is in that envelope before you you close it. Might be a photo or two. Yeah. That's weird. But no. So this maybe this is why we've never done an episode on Smokey Bear. But but Karen, I got to tell you, this, this brings up 
a new idea. You know, so you know my t-shirt company. <laughs> the t-shirt company that exists only in your mind. <laughs> I know you always say that, but I do have a t-shirt company. I mean, In it, your mind. In your mind, you have one. No, it's not like your full-time, always off-duty park ranger job that you don't have. It's it's a real t-shirt company. Oh, it is? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I have yet to see a t-shirt. Well, it, yeah. We still the, have some details to work out. brainstorming. But, but you know how it's popular for everyone to identify by their area code? So now everyone has, they have their trucker hats with the, you know, like in the Seattle, it'd be 206 or... The 425, the 502. Yeah. yeah. That was Detroit, wasn't it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So here's my idea. I would do t-shirts and all it would be on it is the numbers, 20252. His zip code. His zip code. And yeah. and it would be like smart and ironic and, you know, people would have to think like, what does that mean? And then, you know, later they would look it up and then, then they would think, remember that youngish looking older gentleman <laughs> <laughs> that we saw on the trail <laughs> with the t-shirt 20252? I want to be him because he's like so smart and ironic <laughs> <laughs> and they would buy the t-shirt. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm not sure anyone cares about Smokey's zip code as much as you do, but I could be wrong. It could be a this bestseller. Is why this, this is why the t-shirt company has gotten <laughs> off to a slow start. I don't get a lot of encouragement at home. All right, so well, so maybe that, that'll be one of my T-shirts. Well, I'm still waiting for the one you told me about years ago. Uh, I think it was a trailer at the dump station. I'd like that one in a size medium, please. <laughs> oh, that's live. That's live on, on the T-shirt company. You can get that right now. The dump station with the big hole where the, the dump goes in? It, yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> I'll get you one. Okay. I know, though, that you had talked about you wanted to make some T-shirts with the likeness of Smokey Bear, and then you found out that it's illegal because, what, it's a copyrighted image. Well, right? I, was, I wasn't going to put this topic on the outline because it's hard for me to talk about this calmly. Mm -hmm. um, I launched the whole free Smokey campaign. Oh, that's right. Which didn't get off the ground very far <laughs> right. either. What happened was... In 1952, so so the government figured this out early. In 1952, they saw how popular Smokey was getting. They actually passed a law, the Smokey Bear Act, and it took the image of Smokey out of the public domain and uh, said, like, you can't just can't just have everyone doing Smokey stuff. You got to get our approval. Probably pay a license fee, whatever. They put penalties in the law. So when the law was passed, you could be fined up to $250 and put in jail for up to six months. Wow. For unauthorized use of the smoky image. Wow. Which I get part of it. I mean, you don't want people creating smoky stuff with him doing unspeakable acts or something on a t-shirt. <laughs> well, yeah, think about it. I mean, he's only I, wearing jeans I know. right now. What if the jeans came off? Hey, or, hey. You know, I mean, people could do weird stuff with smoky. Yeah, I, they so have to, I, I get it. Yeah, I get yeah, yeah. it. But, uh, but here's the good news, Karen. What? Maybe it was the result of my free smoky campaign. In 2020, you know how Congress argues over their spending bill every year. It's a long argument. It takes forever. Then mm. they shut the government down like five times, and then they finally pass the spending bill. Well, the 2020 spending bill, which, by the way, was almost 6,000 pages long. So I'm sure every member of Congress read every word in, in that spending bill. They included in it 
a provision that decriminalized the unauthorized use of smoking. Oh, it so took no the, more no more jail time. No more six months in jail. Yeah, it, it left the two hundred and fifty dollar penalty in there, but. You know, if I'm not going to go to jail, you're willing to fork over. I am willing to be a violator now. <laughs> so, um, but I don't think the two o two five two t-shirt idea—that's not a violation. Oh, I, no. I can put whatever numbers I want. Sure, on, on a t-shirt. Absolutely. No, it's his his right. likeness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So we will let all of you um, out there know as soon as the t-shirt is ready and available. <laughs> the two o two five two. I know that orders will just come rolling in. And we'll stop laughing about it. There's that inappropriate (laughs) laughter. (laughs) Sometimes it's appropriate. (laughs) And sometimes it's just not. It's just not needed. Karen, you know when spring rolls around, I always get tricked into thinking the cold weather is over. Yeah, especially on our last trip where we went from 100 degrees in Death Valley to below freezing in Sequoia National Park in just a matter of a couple of days. Yeah, but this time we were prepared because we had our rumple blankets with us. And it's a good thing we had too because you're kind of a blanket hog on those cold nights. Yeah, well, you know, those rumple blankets just feel so cozy. I kind of get carried away with wrapping it around me. I love that the blanket has a clip I can fasten and I can wear it like a cape. (laughs) I know you love it because then your hands are free for beverages and snacks and things like that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, Matt, the reason their blankets feel so cozy is because they make them out of the same durable, washable material that's used in puffy jackets and premium sleeping bags. I did know that. But did you know they also recycle over 5 million plastic water bottles a year to offset their carbon footprint? In fact, each blanket is made from 60 recycled water bottles. Who knew that water bottles could be so warm and cozy? Not me. Rumble is running a 25% off sale through the end of May. That's 2022. And for our listeners, if you use the code DEARSALE at checkout, you will get a free beer blanket. That's D-E-A-R-S-A-L-E. Beer blanket? It's a tiny blanket for your beer. It's like a koozie. You're going to love it. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so check out all the blankets on www.rumple.com. That's R-U-M-P-L. You want to have one handy year-round. You know another thing that I like about smoking? What's that, man? Now, not all rules are bad. So there's an entire, if you Google Smokey enough, you will find the government's PDF that talks about all the rules governing the use of his image and anyone who is wearing a Smokey costume, they have to behave a certain way. Okay, so let's clarify this, though. This is the official costume. This isn't like if your two-year-old wants to dress up like Smokey Bear, right? This is like if you're the mascot. It's the official use of the Smokey Bear costume. Gotcha. Only National Forest Service and a few other government agencies are allowed to, to wear the costume. So you couldn't. Well, I would have to get, <laughs> I would have to get my $250 ready. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have to pack a bag, so I'm not going to jail. <laughs> but Well, let, let's hear the rules that you would have to follow while you're in this Smokey Bear costume. Well, first of all, you are not allowed to speak. Okay, so like conversations or explanations, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good thing. has to be done by the escort. So you have to have an official escort if you're out in public. 
And that could be me. I could speak for you. It's a dream come true. <laughs> Not going to happen. You n- never appear in less than full costume. Just leave that one, that one alone. You have to remain anonymous. So you have to make the impression, especially to children, that you're actually Smokey Bear. So it's not like, you know, this is this isn't a ranger who then puts the head on and everyone knows it's still the ranger. You know, you have to be You have to be Smokey the whole time. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta keep, you know, the costume clean and complete and good conditions. And I love this one. They've actually listed in the rules that the cuffs of his pants have to be neatly rolled up. <laughs> of his jeans. Yeah, yeah, of his jeans. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you can't, there's no clowning, no horseplay. You cannot be intoxicated. Oh, well, you're out. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, I would not be a drunk smoky. That's, that's wrong. So. <laughs> oh, wait, no, it's this next part where you wrote that Smokey must appear dignified and friendly. It's what I meant to say. You're out on that one. <laughs> no, dignified and friendly. That's my next T-shirt. It's going to say dignified and friendly on the shirt. Okay, I'll be waiting. Look for, for that one. Okay. So anyway, there's a lot of rules around uh, the use of the Smokey costume. Gosh, such detail they went into. It's... <laughs> After donning the costume, the escort shall inspect the suit. Check for the following. Is the fur brushed generously? (laughs) What? I like that. Because you know someone somewhere (laughs) took time to make up this list. And there was probably other things on the list. And there was a meeting somewhere. And people looked at all these items. and And they got to the end. And they're like, and what about the fur? Right, and there was probably a fifteen-minute conversation about the fur needs to be brushed generously. So anyway, there's a lot of care taken in the smoky image. Mm-hmm. Lots of rules here. We won't read them all, but uh, yeah, Matt, you're going to have to study up on this if your if your dream is to ever wear this official mascot costume. Well, I don't know that that was ever a, a dream of mine, but you know, if they mm-hmm. if they want me to do that. <laughs> I'm probably going to be very busy with my t-shirt company. So on my off days, I could wear the smoky costume. You know what I really want to see? What? I really want to see the hot air balloon that they have in the shape of Smokey's head. I would too. And there, there's, uh, I think it's the Friends of Smokey Bear organization that, that actually manages the use of that balloon and and there's a schedule on their website as to where it's going to be when. So we could find out where it is. It's almost 100 feet tall. That's huge. I'm not sure. I might I might actually be afraid if I saw a 100-foot tall smoky head. I would be afraid to go up in that thing. Are you, I'm not sure you're going to get an invitation to ride in the smoky <laughs> balloon, Karen. Yeah, I guess the balloon flies at public events, most of them in the Southwest. And it's the second one now because the first one was destroyed in 2004 when it snagged on a radio tower in Albuquerque. And miraculously, it didn't cause any injuries. But the balloon's pilot and the two passengers had to climb most of the way down the 700-foot tower. Yeah, that's actually a pretty scary story if you look it up. Another reason I'm not going up. So this is this is their second balloon. They take it to fairs and, and public places to promote, uh, draw attention to Smokey and, and his fire prevention message. Yeah, I did read that some U.S. senators aren't too happy with the cost that the federal government contributes to this balloon. I think it's what, 
$31,000 a year. Yeah, there was an interview with the senator sometime. He was indignant that we're spending $31,000 of taxpayer money to give Smokey Bear a, a ride in a hot air balloon. But uh, I, I got to believe that uh, the cost of a single forest fire costs the government way more than $31,000. So in all seriousness, I think it's well-spent money to get the wildfire prevention message out there. So, uh, well, yeah, sure. I think it was more of a political rant than anything. Yeah. And the thing is, too, just imagine all of the children that are listening to Smokey's message, right? And so when these kids grow up, and hopefully some of his messages will uh, will remain with them about fire safety and campfires and those kinds of things that we'll talk about in a little bit. Well, like we said, 84% of wildfires today are started by humans. So if we can prevent a small percentage of that, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's well worth the effort. So Definitely. Anyway. And Karen, did you know that there is even a Forest Service Award named the Smoky Award, uh, sometimes referred to as the Smoky Oscar, given out on special occasions? There's the Golden Smoky, there's the Silver Smoky, Bronze Smoky, and a Smoky Certificate and a Smoky Plaque. So I guess this is in the world of wildfire prevention, uh, when they have a person or group that they feel should be rewarded or awarded for their efforts, uh, they they get a Smokey Award. Wow. How cool is that? Did you see, is it like a golden statue of Smokey Bear? Did you see happen to see a picture of it? Is that a pop quiz question? <laughs> no, I don't. I think it is. Oh, that's so cool. How, how amazing would that be to win one of those? Maybe we'll win one for this podcast <gasps> episode. Oh, yes. And then- we'll, we'll have to take out a few things that we said first. <laughs> Well, they might not give it to both of us. <laughs> now, the, the, the awards for people who demonstrate innovation, creativity, commitment, and passion for wildfire prevention. Do you feel like you've met all those criteria? Not yet, no. Yeah. We, we have a lot of work to do. Okay. So we, we are not worthy of that award. All right, we'll work on it. Anyway, so these are some interesting facts about Smokey, some of the reasons why we love him so much. And if you're a Smokey fan, too, there are some fun places you can visit during your travels. Back in 2017, we were doing a big road trip through New Mexico with our friends John and Lolly. And we happened to be in this mountain town called Ruidoso. And we were looking at some of the brochures that were in the hotel. And we found out that the Smokey Bear Museum and the Historical Park are in Capitan, New Mexico, which is not far from Ruidoso. We were so excited because we knew that the next day we would have time. We were headed down, making our way down to Carlsbad Caverns. See how I work that in? Yeah, very nice. And so we had time to spend a morning at this incredible museum in Capitan. I was so excited. I know. It was to, like to this do. dream come true. And it's two different facilities. It's double the excitement when you go there. So if you're in the area, maybe visiting either White Sands National Park or Carlsbad Caverns National Park, it's it's in the general vicinity of that area. The historical park is run by the New Mexico State Forestry Division, and it's really well done. Yes. A lot of interpretive signs. Um, it's got the... Uh, Burial spot for Smokey there, mm-hmm. little uh, outdoor garden park. Yep. It's a great overview of the history of Smokey. And then just right next door to it, mm-hmm. there is a privately owned Smokey Museum, 
which is equally interesting. I thought when we walked in, everything in the store was for sale. You got very excited. I, I, I did get a little excited, but well, no, most of it's just museum. You can't buy the stuff. Right. It's memorabilia, smoky memorabilia from the last 70 years and so many cool items, so many vintage things that you might remember from your childhood, all under glass. It's just fun to walk and look at all this stuff. I wish it was for sale. Maybe you could find some of these same things on eBay. I don't know, but lots of cool things. And then, of course, they did have some things for sale, like yeah. t-shirts and hats. And Well, they might sell my 20252 trucker hats. You know, hey, that's my, a good idea. Just, if, so no one steal that idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure you have to worry about that. <laughs> okay. So, but here's a tip. Here's another travel tip that we have learned. Some of the best smoky stuff to buy, we have found in National Forest Service ranger stations and visitor centers. Right. Yeah, some of the coolest stuff. Yeah, so we always make a point when we're traveling to look up in the National Forest the big ranger stations because you can almost always find some t-shirts, some hats, stickers, patches, that kind of thing. One of the ones we went to even had free stickers that we got a bunch of. But got a bunch of them. Yeah, so check those out if you're in the market for smoky bear gear, smoky bear stuff. Yeah, if you're in New Mexico visiting all the incredible public lands in the land of enchantment. Another travel tip is in the Black Hills. And we ran across this, what, just last year in Hill City, South Dakota. There is now the world's largest smoky sculpture. Yes. It's pretty cool. Yes, it's very cool. Made out of wood in the darling town of Hill City. And it went up just about two months before our last visit to Hill City. And we could not have been more excited. So we got our picture taken in front of Smokey. And it turned out that Hill City has a very unique connection to Smokey Bear. They do. Uh, it turns out that in 1939, there was a massive wildfire in the area. And so they had to call, you know, all resources out to fight the fire. The CCC folks were involved in, with fighting the fire, but also 25 boys from the local high school went to fight the fire and they were successful in, in getting this fire under control. And as a result, the high school was given the name the Hill City Rangers, and it's the only school in the country that's been given the privilege to use Smokey Bear as its mascot. How cool is that? Yeah. I so know. They're, they're the Smokey Bears. Well, they're the Rangers. Smokey Bear Rangers. So Smokey Bear. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty cool. We loved that story. And we loved seeing this huge Smokey sculpture right in the heart of downtown. You can't miss it in Hill City. Hill City's tiny. And yeah, it's, it's, it's 30 feet tall. And, <laughs> and he's sitting down. Yes. Yes. I, mm -hmm. I'll have to look at the picture. I, were you holding his paw? No, there was no way because he's sitting and his paws were on the ground. So you, I could not hold his hand in that photo, unfortunately. His paw? His paw. His <laughs> hand paw. His, <laughs> his paw hand. His paw hand. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's a couple of um, smoky related travel things mm -hmm. that you could do. Right. Yeah. You know, we always have a lot of fun talking about smoky, but... His message is very serious, right? So what can we all do to prevent these human-caused fires? 
The Forest Service says that campfires actually top the list of ways that humans start wildfires. And typically this happens when campfires either grow out of control and the people who built the fire don't have a way to stop it, or they fail to extinguish the fire properly. And this allows the fire to reignite once they leave, once they're gone. So this is the number one way that these wildfires are started by humans. The other human-caused fires have been from burning debris, throwing lighted cigarettes on the ground, arson, and surprisingly enough, from chains attached to trailers dragging on the roads and, and making sparks. You know, Karen, that's how that big fire in Whiskey Town started a couple years ago. That's right. And you know what, Matt? I was doing some research on this. I read an interesting article in Science Magazine, and it said that Human-sparked fires typically spread more than twice as fast as lightning-induced burns, and these faster-spreading fires also burned more intensely and killed double or triple the number of trees as slower lightning-caused fires did. Just another reason we all have to be especially careful with our campfires, and as we're heading out into the summer camping season, it's really important to check the regulations in the area where you'll be camping. Right, because I know last summer with those massive wildfires, most campfires in the West were completely banned. Yeah, and we saw folks with campfires going in restricted areas last summer kind of infuriated us. I know it's great to have a fire. I love to have campfires. Uh, It's one of the things that uh, is enjoyable about camping. But in the drought, in the fire season, especially if there's regulations against it, we've all got to comply with the regulations. So just a few suggestions from the Forest Service about making a campfire. Um, And as you just said, Matt, check with a local ranger or park office to make sure that it's safe and legal to have a campfire. Have a fire ring for your fire that's made out of stone or metal. Have water readily available to put out the fire if it does start to grow out of control. Never keep firewood right next to the fire. Make sure it's a safe distance away, just in case the fire manages to escape the fire ring. And one of the most important things, when extinguishing your fire, make sure that it's no longer smoking, crackling, or smoldering. The coals should be cold enough where you can run your hand through them safely. Mm, yeah. I know when you put you and John put out fires, when we have had fires legally, you guys drowned that. I remember you dragged buckets of water because we were backpack camping. You dragged buckets of water from the stream. Over and over again. It's a little surprising, and we've done this several times while while backpacking, how much water it takes to fully put out a fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's kind of amazing. So, you know, when in doubt, overdo it. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you want to check out Smokey Bear's website, there's a lot of great information on that. It's uh, just SmokeyBear.com. He has a lot of great tips on how to pick your campfire spot, how to prepare your campfire pit, how to build your campfire, and how to maintain and extinguish your campfire. Plus, he he has lots of other things on his website, right? Like the history of Smokey and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So check out SmokeyBear.com. So there you have it. This summer, as you're traveling, be safe. If you're starting fires, make sure you know the rules and know that it's legal. Put them out, dead out. All the way out. And uh, look for those 20252 t-shirts coming soon. Thank you, Karen. (laughs) Coming to where? I don't know. I don't know know where we're going to sell them. I don't know where our merch is going to go. But uh, 
Yeah. My t-shirt company needs to get launched. Thanks for joining us today for this special Smokey Bear episode. And that was episode number 82. I didn't think we'd make it to 82. That's a lot of episodes. That is a lot of episodes. (laughs) If you're searching for a specific past episode that we've done, you can go to our podcast website at www.thedearbobandsuepodcast.com. And click on the Episodes tab to see a complete list of all of our shows. You can even listen to them right from that website. Next week, we'll be bringing you an episode about the Grand Canyon, talking about the differences between the North Rim and the South Rim. I'm excited about that one, especially now that the North Rim is just about to open for the season. Yeah, when is that date, man? Well, it's, it's usually May 15th, okay. uh, kind of depending on weather. So I'm just going to assume this year it's still going to be May 15th. We need to go. Yeah, I know. Impromptu road trip. Let's Head go. down there. Okay, I'm ready. Mm-hmm.